It's always so nice to sing the Christmas songs. We only sing them once a year. I don't know why we don't sing Christmas songs throughout the year, right? I mean, the message still holds true all throughout. There's something special about singing them, especially on a Christmas Eve and on a, on a Christmas Day. They, they remind us of a Savior being born. A song that's been on my mind throughout this whole month, and even as we've thought about um, kind of the place where our world is, and we've been talking about it actually on Sunday mornings as well, and it's the song, O Come, not O Come All Ye Faithful, what's the one? O Holy Night, another O, O Little Town of Bethlehem, too many Christmas songs start with O, O, it's like they're all shocked, O, um, O Holy Night, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. And that's what we celebrate today, a holy night, a night that is set apart from all the others. This night is different than all the other nights because we celebrate a moment in time that changed the world. And then there's this line in in that song that says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Are you weary? Are you feeling a little tired? I mean, not just about this week, not just about all the things of just this, the, the, the weeks leading up to Christmas, but the weariness in our world. I think there's just an exhaustion Right? I mean, we just have to watch the news and we get exhausted. We get weary. I mean, are you weary about hearing about this pandemic? Did you guys hear about that? This pandemic, right? Every day. Yeah, even the kids, right? COVID and new variants, shipping supply, delays and shortages and inflation, on and on the issues. And they drag on and we go, there's a weariness to our world. And so when I think about the opportunity that we have, and I think about that line in that song, a thrill of hope, the opportunity for for a new and a fresh beginning, God to do something amazing in our lives. And so we have that hope, we have that possibility, and I think we need that hope to, to spark something in our weary world, to spark something in our weary soul. You see, I think a lot of us, all of us are living, but I don't think all of us are fully alive. I think we're all living, we're all going through the motions, we're all going through day to day, but are we really alive? Have we been sparked with that hope? And that's what Christmas is all about, it's that hope that has come to fill us. It makes me think of a time back when uh, my oldest daughter uh, was, I don't know, a year and a half, two years old, she's 16 now, Miana, she just got her driver's license this week, so a fair warning to all of you, A a new day has dawned for us as well. But it was back when she was about a year and a half, two years old, and we were living in, uh, in Arizona. And around that time at Christmas, Christmas is different in the desert. It feels different than, than uh, when you're here in the Midwest. And, uh, you know, when you're out looking at some of the beautiful decorations, you see not just the typical trees, but you see decorated cactus and uh, get decorated palm trees, right? And people go all out on their houses because they can be outside decorating their trees in their shorts, right? We're here, we're trying not to get frostbite some of the time. So you just throw up a few lights and get back inside. So we'd go around, we'd walk around the neighborhood, and we love just to take in, you know, the, the sights. And if you guys like looking at different lights and seeing what's out there, right? Something nice to do. The whole neighborhood, everything changes when the lights are on. And so we'd go around, and I remember putting her on my shoulders, and she'd put her head like, you know, on top of mine, or put her cheek next to mine, hold her hands, we'd walk around. And, and I remember we'd walk along, and all of a sudden, she'd point. She'd stop. She'd be like, wow. Wow. She just saw the lights on the house. Wow. And then we'd walk a little further, and she'd see like a, like a Frosty the Snowman or some decoration. She'd go, wow. And she'd point to the other side. Wow. And it was just so fun to see through the eyes of a child again that freshness, that, that awe, that wonder. And we'd walk along. And I remember her pointing one time. She went, uh-oh. I was like, what's wrong? Uh-oh. Pointing to a house. No lights were on. No lights were on. Wow. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
How many of you guys are uh ohs? <laughs> How many of you guys are wows, right? But when I, when I thought about that, I think in terms of, of our faith and I think about our soul, and I wonder if you look inside, if you look at the light in your life, is that a wow in your soul and your spirit, or is it a uh oh? Uh oh, I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, I don't really know where I stand. I don't really know how I, what I think and believe spiritually or it's constantly changing or I don't have an anchor and so, oh, oh, I don't know what I have to hold on to. But Christmas is this ability to just have this wow, this thrill of hope that can come and that can fill us and, and bring our lives to life because all of us are living but not all of us are alive. And Christ came to change that, to be that thrill of hope. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about a thrill of hope spiritually. Have you ever thought about being able to have a thrill of hope spiritually or thrill, being thrilled spiritually? I think when we think of being thrilled, you know what we think about? I think we think about, like, adrenaline junkies. Any adrenaline junkies out there? You know, anybody ever, like, go skydiving? No? Am I the only one? Who else? Who's joined me skydiving before? Right? But, you know, you, but, but, we, but maybe you don't do skydiving. You know, maybe you just, like, any, any bungee jumpers, right, or any risk takers, we do these things to try to kind of have a thrill and a thrill, but maybe if you're not that, you know what we'd like to do, though? We'd like to go eat at a new restaurant. we like to try something different, right? When we want a thrill of hope, we, we, we how many of you guys hope to be thrilled uh, tomorrow morning? Kids, anyone hope to be thrilled tomorrow morning with a present, right? How many of you adults, right, you hope to get that next present and to be thrilled, and, and we try to go from thrill to thrill because our lives sometimes lack that deeper meaning, that deeper thing that can sustain us. If I can get a new car, if I can get a new house, if I can just get that next experience, maybe my next job it'll be better. Maybe in a new neighborhood it'll be better. And so we go from thrill to thrill, but what can sustain us? Is there a thrill of hope spiritually that can bring you to life? I've been a pastor now just about 25 years. Next year is my 25, year, um, 25 years of ministry. And over those years, I've had the privilege of having a front row seat to seeing countless people be brought to life spiritually to see what happens when their life is opened up to Christ's reality in them, when they recognize that they can have a relationship, they can know their heavenly Father, that they don't have to walk around in confusion and they surrender their lives, they admit they need Christ. And all of a sudden, it's like the spark happens in their life. Not everything in their life changes, but, but what happens inside of them is transformed. And they come to life and, and they're like new people. They're born into a new reality spiritually and it's an amazing thing to see that thrill of hope come to life. And on that first Christmas, that, that night where the shepherds were out. We just heard the story here with the kids. The shepherds are there in the dark and the heavens break open. And the angel says, fear not. What does he say? I bring you what? Good news. See, we don't have to fear God. We don't have to fear the, the, what, we, what happens when we surrender our lives to Christ. It's good news. I come to give you good news of great joy for all people. Who's excluded from that? None of us. We're all included. This is good news for each and every single one of us. And what does he say? That the Savior has been born tonight. The Savior, the world is in need of saving. The world is in need of hope, and that was why Christ came, to bring us that hope and to bring us that life. In that song, O Holy Night, there's a line that says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. My daughter asked me, what does that mean? <laughs> Long lay the world in sin and error pining. It's kind of older English, but it's this darkness that the world was in. We're stuck in our sin. We're stuck in the ways that we just can't seem to figure out, and we're pining for something else, or we're just pining. We're riding the pine. I don't know. We're sitting there on the bench. We're waiting for something to break forth. And it was in that moment that Christ came, and it made me think, what, what would have happened if we would still be in, if that was the line that we were in? Long lay the world in sin and error pining, and we're still there. We have no hope. We have nothing that, that can lead us to the next phase. 
Do you guys like the, the, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the Christmas movie, 1946, something like that? Anyone? No? Am I the only one? I love It's a Wonderful Life. There's something nostalgic about that, that movie. And, and then you see, you see George Bailey in that movie. He's, it's in a small town, and he's doing his best to try to provide for the people and to help and to be a good citizen. He's given up on some of his dreams. But he comes to this place on a Christmas Eve where it just seems hopeless. And he's in despair, and he just feels like his life is going to be better off and more valuable to others with him dead. And so he's thinking about taking his life. And he drives on that snowy Christmas Eve to a bridge, and he's looking down, and he's ready to throw it all away. And then this angel comes, this angel Clarence, second-class angel, I think he calls himself. And he gives George this rare opportunity, this rare moment to see what this world and what life would be like without him in it. And, and he sees just, just this world that is, you know, was previously when it was, you know, Bedford Falls was this beautiful scene like a courier and I've seen, right? Just this small town. But when he goes back and he sees what this world was like without him and his influence and the way that he engaged with the people and the little things that he did, it turned into like the Sodom and Gomorrah, this darkness that loomed there. And it made me think, what would it be like if we never had Christmas? What would it be like if, if Christ never came? What would, what would be the, the consequences of that? What would we think the, the shepherds would have just been out on their fields that night, continuing to work? The wise men would have saved themselves a long journey? Mary and Joseph, just a, a couple, getting married, living their life? But we think about the New Testament and the Bible, all those pages, all those stories, all that truth, just gone, disappeared. And we don't see the disciples finding meaning and purpose in their life. We don't see this woman who was, being, who was caught in the act of adultery and the crowd around her grabbing stones, ready to, throw, to stone her to death and kill her. We don't have Jesus stepping into that moment and saying, no, 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 let you who is without sin cast the first stone. None of that demonstration of grace. It would have been hard religion, right and wrong, in or out. But Jesus came with grace and love, and he said, let you who is without sin throw the first stone. And nobody did. They dropped their stones, and the woman went away free, and he said, go and sin no more. She was set free into a new life. We wouldn't have a prodigal returning home to, to this father who was just going to be embraced. He was rehearsing his speech on everything he needed to say, but the father said, no, 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 no. I love you. I embrace you. Welcome home as a story of our heavenly father and how he treats us. We wouldn't have, of course, Easter. We wouldn't have the cross. We wouldn't have the resurrection. There would not be hope that there is life after death, that there's, that there's freedom from our sin that that's been paid for by the one and only our Savior, Jesus Christ. That hope would be gone. But, but then you go past the pages of the New Testament, you think about the early church. No Christians gathering together whose lives have been changed, trying to create communities of hope, starting churches in almost every city and village all throughout the world and creating places of sanctuary, sharing their resources, proclaiming good news wherever they go, that there is hope, that there is life after death, that there is life now. All the schools that wouldn't have been started, the universities, the orphanages, the hospitals, was because of people transformed by Christ. And think about today, had Christ never come. Think about today, all of a sudden, where there would be no Meadow Park, there would be no church here, the lights would be dim. Think about every church right along Bethel, around Columbus, all throughout our state, around the country, around the world, all those lights going off everywhere. And then with that, every single person who's, who's a believer, who's surrendered their life to Christ, who's found new hope and meaning, all those lights going out everywhere, what kind of world would this be? Long in sin and error, pining. Longing for something else, till he appeared, and the soul felt its worth. There's value 
We're created for a reason. We're created for a purpose. We can have meaning. We can know our creator. We don't have to bumble about blindly. There is hope. When George Bailey sees his life and, and he's back on that bridge with Clarence, he pleads with him. He says, I want to live. I want to live again. I don't want it to go that way. And, and he's given a second chance. He's given a new opportunity. And he doesn't go back into the, the world where everything all of a sudden has changed. He still has the same problems, the same challenges. But he's got a spring in his step. Something new happened. Something transformed him. And when Christ gets a hold of us, and when we surrender our lives, we stop bumbling around in the darkness and just start with a small step to say, Jesus, I believe. I want to take that first step. Light begins to flood in, and purposefulness and hopefulness comes. And we don't just go around like the rest of the living. We are fully alive. Jesus said the thief comes to seek, kill, and destroy. You know who the thief is? It's Satan. He's trying to rob our life. He's trying to steal our life. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life to the fullest, life more abundantly. That's our mission at Meadow Park. That's actually what we say. We're here to, to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. We're not just here to kind of make it through, to have some kind of you know, church religiosity thing where you check off and you go to church on a Sunday morning, read your Bible, do your prayer, be a miserable person the rest of your life who's a, supposed to be a joyful Christian. No! Nobody wants that. Then you're living the worst of all worlds. <laughs> it's life to the fullest. It's where we believe life is found fully in Christ, surrender to him, that, that we have that hope, and that when we trust in him, we come to life. We don't have to be in that place. Our soul can feel its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and a glorious morn. A new day, a new opportunity, a new beginning. And that is so amazing. That is so powerful. And we step back and we go, God, how can we be wowed again? Those of us who know Christ, who surrendered our lives to him, who live for him, we know the joy and the beauty of living in that way. But I venture to know that some of you here maybe don't have that. Don't know that, doubt that. Maybe you're watching online, you're not sure. And, and let me just say, hypothetically, what if this really was true? What if Jesus really did come? What if he really was the son of God? What if he really did give his life for ours? What if he really did say that you can have life eternal? What if he really could forgive our sins and let us live in a way that we can feel free and forgiven? Wouldn't that change something? We'd be wow. And that's what happens when our eyes spiritually are opened. We are wowed at what can happen. Think about John 3.16, not just for football games on a sign. John 3.16 and 17, for God so loved you, the world, that he gave us his one and only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life, everlasting life. But then it goes on, for God did not come send his son into the world to condemn the world. Oh, we think everything, the church, God, it's all about condemning. No, he didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. The Savior, he's come for us. And if that is true, we step back and go, wow, that is mind-blowing. Scripture says that when we surrender our lives, when we confess our sins, when we just say, God, here's my life, I surrender. He takes our sin, he says our sin, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sin from us. Wow. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, the Bible tells us. Wow. It's amazing. Christ has come to bring a thrill of hope. When was the last time that you were thrilled spiritually? When you remembered that Christmas isn't about getting that great gift that's on your list, but saying, I am alive. I am, wow. God has done something in me. 
And in that song, what is the response after that knowledge that comes that, that Christ has come? There's this thrill of hope. My soul is feeling its worth. The line comes, fall on your knees. Because when we encounter the risen Christ, when we encounter a God that's alive and not all the, the things in this world that don't bring us hope or meaning, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much power you have, no matter how much success you have, no matter how many friends you have on Facebook, how many likes you have on your Instagram post, none of that stuff will bring you to life spiritually. It is hollow. It's a sand through your hands. But the foundation in Christ is everlasting for all eternity. And my hope and my prayer is that when we recognize that, that we would fall on our knees and just say, God, here's my life. I give it to you. Why not tonight? December 24th, 2021, on Christmas Eve, the day that I received the biggest gift I could ever have in my life. Could that be you? To say, God, here's my life. I don't know what it all means or where it all heads, but, but I surrender my life to you. That is why Jesus came. For no other reason. That's why he came. That's at the heart of what Christmas is all about. Jesus loving the world, giving his son to die for us so that we could experience life. So, are you, wow? <laughs> or are you, uh-oh, uh-oh. You know, if you're uh-oh, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe tonight is the night the lights go on, but maybe you're saying, you know what, I need to dive deeper into this. I need to take some more steps. I've got some questions. I want to know more. Well, we're, I'm so glad you're here. And I hope that you continue to dial in online or that you come in person, be a part of what's happening here. We would love to journey alongside of you to help you understand what is that next step. Answer your questions. You can ask the hard questions. You can share your doubts. It's okay. You can share your disagreements. It's a place where we can talk and learn together and what it means to follow Christ because God wants to bring us to life and light that wow in us. Let's bow our heads in prayer and just thank God for this amazing thrill of hope that he has brought into our world. And maybe just as you sit with your heads bowed, I don't know, are you that, that house with the lights on spiritually? Or maybe your lights are kind of flickering or dim? Or maybe it's just kind of you're acknowledging, God, I need your light in my life. Just express that to him right now tonight, what you need. If you need his light in your life, just let him know. Tell him, God, I need your light. Jesus, bring me to hope. Show me the way. I would just love to pray for you tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming. That you can be that thrill of hope in our lives. God, would you bring us to life tonight? We know that nothing else that happens in the next day or two here can, could ever take the place of you being alive in us. And so, Lord, help us on our journey. Confirm for those who know and love you and have given their lives to you, God, just renew that, that passion, that joy for you tonight. Father, for those that are struggling or not sure or maybe just have questions, God, come alongside and just help them on their journey to this experience what it can be like to live on fire and, and, and alive in you. And Father, for those that tonight may be taking this step, that they would experience you and that this day would mark a turning point in their life, alive fully alive in you. We give you thanks. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.